0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Pick and Play podcast. Today we're going to be breaking down the week one in the NFL, and as always, to help break down give you the insights. Leo, how you doing? We
1: are only four days, Yep. four, from the start of NFL season. I couldn't be better.
0: Three work days. Three work days.
1: Yes. I, I can't wait, honestly. Thursday night is going to be like Christmas.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm actually head over fucking heels with what we're going to get in the NFL season. I, I can't fucking believe that it's already here. Um, I'm pretty happy that uh, the NBA has sustained us, although I'm a little irritated the NBA's dropping games at 6.30 and 9 o'clock. Like, I don't know, a 5 and an 8? I
1: don't know what's going on there.
0: 5 and an 8 would be nice. Um, Give me uh, a
1: 3 and a 7, Yeah. all
0: I understand the whole West Coast, but it's on fire anyway. You know, Portland's burning itself down. L.A. is literally on fire. Like, let's, you know, let them worry about themselves. Let's just bring this back over to, you know, East Coast time. And they figure it out. We'll, we'll invite them back to the party. Uh, but, <laughs> but, but for now, um, we're just going to suffer. All right. Let's start with some news and notes. Um, first thing. I want to start up in Chicago real quick. Uh, They say that Mitchell Trubisky beat out Nick Foles. Uh, That's.
1: Do you think he actually beat out Nick Foles, or is that we got to look out for our draft pick so uh, Trubisky wins for now? Uh, Which situation do you think it is?
0: I think the situation, we said it to begin with weeks ago, the reason why Nick Foles was brought in was so he wouldn't look good in camp, and then they would go, oh, well, you know, Nick Foles is a Super Bowl winning quarterback and Mitchell Trubisky looks better than Nick Foles. And you're like, all right, go fuck yourself because I've watched Nick Foles play and I've watched Mitchell Trubisky. I don't need a camp to figure out which one should be my starting quarterback. What do you mean that, oh, oh, you know, it just didn't look good in camp? You mean the COVID camp? You mean this, this, this tough transition for players I saw him on Sundays. This isn't close. Put Nick Foles in. Get Trubisky out of... This is all Ryan Pace just setting the whole thing up so that he can go, Oh, you know, I, I, I know Mitch isn't doing well, but he does really good in practice. Uh, get, go fuck yourself. This is so stupid. Um, I think that's a smokescreen. Uh, I, I like... Nick Foles to win that job very soon because Matt Nagy is going to get fired if he doesn't turn it around. So um, I think Nick Foles is the starter by week like four or five. Could be week two. They play the Lions, and we're gonna we're gonna walk through every game uh, briefly and talk about the spreads. But they play the Lions in week one. Uh, We could be talking about September 14th. uh, Mitchell Trubisky's out and Nick Foles is in. So. So
1: I got some stats for you for Trubisky last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last year, he was down in completion percentage. He was down in yardage. He was down in touchdowns. Uh, He did throw two less interceptions than the previous season, but down in passer rating. Last year, he was pretty much down across the board. Uh, I'm not really seeing the Bears' logic here, other than protecting egos.
0: Yep, that's all they're doing. And another place where they're protecting, uh, I, I don't know what they're trying to protect, but the New England Patriots have... Uh, not officially, but unofficially, said that Cam Newton's going to start. Of course. What? 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 i
1: not playing this game with
0: Bill Belichick. Why is anyone playing this game? Crazy shit. Of course Cam Newton's going to start. One of the things that I found interesting from this week, uh, the Raiders traded a pick and a player... To get back a pick they had sent to Miami. So they sent a the pick to Miami. Then they want that pick back. So they trade a pick and a player to get that pick back. Just weird, weird shit. Uh, Miami basically gets a sixth rounder and a player for nothing. So. Lynn
1: Bowden, right? Lint Bowden. Bowden. Jr., yep. That's who got traded.
0: Yep. Athlete. Uh, yeah, I'd be
1: interested to see how Miami uses them because their backfield isn't—I yeah. don't think it's solidified with Jordan Howard and Breda, So I, I'd like to see how that works out.
0: Yeah, and uh, I, look, I'm uh, I'm all for it um, for the Miami. Again, I like the moves Miami's making, so uh, that that progresses forward. Uh, two other pieces of news: uh, Patrick Mahomes signs a huge deal. Uh, Deshaun Watson signs a huge deal. Uh, That leaves two quarterbacks from that draft that really haven't been paid yet. One is Mitchell Trubisky. We already touched on that guy. And the other one is Dak Prescott, right? Now, the thing with Dak Prescott is the least accomplished out of those three, uh, out of the other, I'm not including Trubisky any further in this conversation, but out of those three (laughs) quarterbacks, um, you know, Dak Prescott has done nothing compared to the other two. And more importantly – as we're looking at, well, he weren't in the same draft, but, you know, those are the young guys looking for a contract. The, the Cowboys are now in a position where they're going to have to pay him after this year a shitload of money. Regardless, if he wins, if they win a, a playoff game, you're going to owe him almost what Mahomes makes. What in the shit are you doing, Dallas? You could have had the cheapest of the three. Now you're going to be staring down the barrel of at least you're going to be in the middle of them. So, bad front offices can do bad things. Uh, I I don't understand why Dak wasn't locked up. Uh, We said that Dak is a little bit of a a dark horse for the MVP, um, but I think they're in for a good season. If Dak walks
1: away with the MVP this season, Jerry Jones is going to be kicking himself, because that contract is going to be
0: fat. Yes, it's it's going to be fat anyway, because they're going to win that division, and they're going to have a really good team. So, because uh, they actually have a coach now, because Jerry Jones got his head out of his ass, and now that he's got his head out of his ass, he's going to realize that the smell is his own shit, and he's got to deal with it. The fucking Dak Prescott's going to command more money, and and that's just a stupid fucking move. So uh, I think the only other news-worthy thing that Fournette. I Fournette, How Fournette, I know about Fournette in Tampa. Fournette, last piece. Um, I nothing that move.
1: You don't feel anything about that.
0: Nothing. Doesn't move the needle. Didn't move the needle when he got cut for me. Don't care.
1: Explain. Because when I when I see Dak or I'm sorry, not Dak. When Tom. I see Leonard Fournette ending up in Tampa, to yeah. me that that means that their red zone offense should be elite. I think you have Brady who's you know great in the red zone, but I I don't know if you could trust Ronald Jones to take that role just yet. I do trust Leonard Fournette to be a battering ram and and get five yards, you know, on on third and goal or whenever you know, whenever they need him. Yeah, I I like Fournette, I like the move, I like the move because they don't need him. You know, he's a complimentary, no, he's a a complimentary piece.
0: They really bring him in because Ronald Jones still can't pass protect. That's that's what it tells you tells you that Ronald Jones still can't pass protect. And it's going to be tough to try to 43-year-old quarterback out there when his last line of defense doesn't help him. So uh, the reason why James White was such a good target for the Patriots is he can do it all. He can block on passing downs. He can go out. Uh, If you can't block, you become a, a key for the defense to look for. So you have to be able to block as a running back. Ronald Jones, this to me, says... A, we already know they're all in. Doesn't help me in that regard. Doesn't tell me you're more all in. Tells me that the talent you had was subpar and you had to go out and get additional. Um, I think it is a good add, but I don't think it increases their win total. I don't think it gives them an extra game. Um, I think they already had the talent. You know, you go, oh, you add Fournette to to bash it in there, and I think that's great. I think you could do that with Jones. Um, But you all, like, I don't know. That team is already loaded uh, it, it's got a good foundation. I think it says that, more importantly, I think it says the Jaguars are again cleaning house Um, continuously, we talked about it, cutting good draft picks for nothing. I mean, this is another player you can throw in the pile of Jackson that you go, what did you get out of it, man? You drafted a running back early on, and you got what? You ended up cutting him before the contract's over? Like, Yikes. <laughs> Big fucking Jacksonville yikes. Jacksonville
1: seems to be on like this perpetual loop of uh, drafting elite players, letting those elite players walk, and then drafting replacements for those same elite players. I know. So, as a Titans fan, I love it, yeah. personally. You know, I would love for the Jaguars to just be stuck in this hell of mediocrity forever. Uh, but it doesn't make really any sense to me. I don't yeah. really understand where they're going with this.
0: Um, There was a couple... Like, I think I'd said before that Leonard Fournette had had some issues with uh, his, how do we put it, um, focus when it comes to uh, NFL practice, getting ready for games, showing up on time. Those things won't be tolerated in uh, Tampa Bay, so we'll take a look at what you know how that progresses. But uh, Leonard Fournette didn't always seem like he was in it. Sometimes getting cut can change your philosophy. You only need him to be productive now for three months. That's all you need of Leonard Fournette is three, four months. So, you know. You you
1: know what I wonder when it comes to Fournette? I wonder, you know, his stats were okay in Jacksonville. He had, I think, one one season that I would call a, a good season. Yeah. But I wonder if that is more a product of the environment or if that's him. You know, like, was Jacksonville dragging him down a little bit or is he just not the elite? prospect that we thought he was.
0: I just don't think he's the elite prospect we thought he was. He really never, he doesn't really catch the ball. Uh, he needs, you know, people talk about him needing 40, you know, 30 to 40 passing, uh, running plays a game to kind of get, not 40, but 30 to get in a rhythm. Uh, that, that to me says this guy would have been great in the 80s and 90s when that was acceptable, but it's not anymore. Like you have Big to be, plotting back. you have to be, you know you're dare you're not Derrick Henry, okay? So if you're not Derrick Henry, you're not a good plotting back. That's the only one that's available right now, and he's a athletic, and uh, his his field his you know field vision is incredible. You're either him or you're not. You're not him, so you're out. Uh, like you know that that's my thought process on on how Fournette is. I, I'm just not as high up on a guy who gets the ball 30 times in the game for 115 yards and a touchdown. Uh, there are very few running backs who couldn't do that. So, uh, I, I'm just, it just doesn't move it for me. So,
1: Okay, I'm not mad at that. I, I needed your perspective on that yeah. because I, you know, living in Tampa. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I've heard a lot of different opinions about this. I, I kind of like the move, but... Like you said, I don't think it it changes their destiny. You know, I don't think right. it moves the needle at all.
0: So that's that's kind of how I feel on it. Uh, now, what is moving the needle for me? Thursday, we get our first taste, and it is going to be the two contract winners, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Chiefs' opening up party—they're giving the Chiefs nine and a half. I mean, they're giving the Texans nine and a half the Chiefs and Texans oh god yeah Chiefs and Texans uh, I I don't really know the first week first to four weeks I think can be very tough to bet on the NFL cuz you just don't know what team and how ready they're going to be some teams take one or two weeks to kind of get going and then they roll through it uh, I think the Chiefs are going to come out as fired up as you can be I think defenses are going to be really behind to start the year Without the preseason, without the live hitting that they that they do, but it's more simulated, without that game feel, I think you're going to see a lot of base defenses that give up big plays, um, or you're going to see defenses set up to prevent the big play. But then just get gashed for either 15-yard slants, 10-yard dumps, uh, screen uh, passes. I think you're going to see a lot of vanilla defenses while teams get ready. And I think that's going to make offenses go absolutely bonkers to start the season. Uh, The athletes on offense have never been better. They are absolute studs pretty much across the NFL. Everyone's picking up freak. Oh, you know. Look at his forty time. Look at his vertical. They are freak athletes every year that come out and blow everyone away. This is going to be a barn burner. I think that the Chiefs win this game, but I think the Texans actually keep it a little closer. I don't think it gets any more than 10, um, and and I think this game could get up to 60, 65 points.
1: I like all of that. The thing that I'm really looking at in this matchup is This is a rematch of the divisional round, right? The Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs, they get down big. We think that the Texans are moving on to the AFC Championship. The Chiefs storm them in the second half and blow them out of the water, right? Yeah. So I'm thinking that this game should be personal for the Texans. And for that reason, I expect it to be a close game, at least a one-score game. I don't see this being a blowout. The thing that I'm looking for in this game, though, is I want to see how David Johnson looks. David Johnson, you know, they acquired him from the Cardinals, letting go of DeAndre Hopkins. We all know about that deal. We don't need to talk about Bill O'Brien, the GM. But I want to see how it looks on the field. Because yep. when healthy, David Johnson has proven to be one of the better and more versatile backs in the NFL. And I think that they might be able to get a lot of use out of him, uh, especially his dual threat ability. You know, he's he's been a, one of the top pass catchers in the league since 2016 when he, you know, when he burst onto the scene in Arizona. I want to see what Deshaun Watson can do with him because I think that he can be a big weapon for them if he can stay on the field. But that's a big if for David Johnson.
0: That's pretty much a big if for the entire Texans roster uh, from Cooks to uh, Will, Cooks Fuller. Will Fuller. Um, it's Cooks and uh, it, Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills. It's and now David Johnson. The problem with the Texans are going to be week one. is that it's Randall when Cobb. They're going to be good week one. I don't know how many of them hold up past that. that. That That's my big problem with the Texans this year. I think the over-under is a little low, but I think this is going to be a barn burner. I expect the Chiefs to win, but I do expect a good matchup back and forth. Now, that uh,
1: over-under of 54.5, I'd like the over for yeah, sure.
0: I love the over. I, I really don't see a reason to take the under unless you think the offenses are going to start out slow. I just don't see it that way. Uh, no, so
1: Kansas City's they scored what fifty one in that playoff game yeah. by themselves, right? I, exactly, I like
0: more. exactly. So let's take a quick walk through the Sunday. We only get one Thursday. I was kind of hoping they put two Thursday games. Uh, I'm a little disappointed that we only got one. I don't know, just an the opportunity. NFL
1: wants all eyes on Mahomes that night. Yes,
0: they do, and and I I'm okay with that, but I would have liked another game. So fuck them. Uh, there are a couple games early Sunday that have some intrigue. We've got an entire division squaring up um, with the NFC North: the Bears, Lions, Packers, Vikings. Good start. That's uh, going to be one you can put on one TV and kind of flip back and forth. Uh, like we said, the Bears have a lot riding on this. The uh, Packers and Vikings also. This is going to be an interesting start. Um, how do you see? I mean, this is a this is a right out the gate for the NFC North. Uh, is this a good situation for the uh, the if the if the lions are going to be real, you got to beat the bears at home, right?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. And like most Lions seasons do, I think that their whole season relies on the health of Matt Stafford. I would love to see Matt Stafford come out week one and and really light it on fire if they're going to be for real. Because last year, as much as we made fun of the lions for being trash. When Stafford was healthy, they were about a 500 team, and I know that that's not the greatest thing in the world, but that's good enough to maybe make a push in the second half of the year if you have your guys. So the Lions are a team that I'm interested in, especially if we have one extra playoff spot. I don't think it's out of the question that they could compete for that spot, but it's all on Stafford's shoulders, and I want to see a healthy year from him. We need to see a healthy year from him, and if we don't, then we can fade the Lions like we've already faded the Bears.
0: Yeah, and it is a win-or-go-home game for Mitchell Trubisky. You lose to the Lions in Week 1, they're going to call for your head immediately. So uh, he has to round that into form. On the other side of things with the Packers and Vikings, I don't think this has nearly the uh, influence that the other game has in their division. The Packers typically beat the Vikings every single time. So I'm not expecting much different. The Vikings will probably lose this game because that's what they do to the Packers. And then they'll go on to be a wildcard team.
1: Right, so they're favored. The Vikings are favored by three, but that's just the home field advantage. So Vegas just thinks that this is an even matchup. Am I getting that right?
0: Yeah, I don't know how home field is going to play. Home field has been slowly dying out statistically. Um, in terms of games won, influence of calls, uh, it's just an education thing where people are getting better at traveling. Uh, not that it doesn't exist, but it, this year it really won't exist. And on top of that, I like the Packers anyway to win the game by five to seven points. So you're going to give me two and a half. I like the Packers plus the points in a game without a home. home, you know, Uh, home stadium really there's no fans Uh, some stadiums are gonna have 10,000 fans it's not the 50 40 60 that you've been dealing with so uh, I I, you expect to see both these teams in the playoffs right both these teams will be in the playoffs and the Packers are a better team I think the Packers a lot of people were like oh they, they over they overshot their their estimated wins from last year and I get it. I was one of the people that said their 13-3 is pretty fraudulent. It's still fucking 13-3. It's still fucking 13-3. You actually have to be a good team to win games. To win that many games. And then they went on to play... Uh, did they play in the... Who did they play? They played Seattle, right? And they got bounced by Seattle. Uh, so, you know... Oh, did they beat Seattle last year in the playoffs? Like, I... I, I the, the thing is, I think the Packers are getting... A little bit too much disrespect. They have a good defense. They have a good defense. They still have Aaron Rodgers. They're going to get a lot of things together. I don't know. I, I think that this is a. I think this spread is indicative of exactly what we kind of. I kind of feel saying that th- they're being shortchanged. I think yes, they're due for a regression, but a regression to 11 wins would still be a drop. A regression to 10 is still a playoff team. Uh, so I, 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 like the Packers in this game. Um, and I like them to control the NFC North the entire time. So, uh, you know, don't be surprised if they win the game by seven because it's against the fucking Vikings and they always beat them. Uh, let's rip. Yeah, to answer your question,
1: the, the Packers did beat the Seahawks in the divisional round. They okay. lost in the A or the championship, NFC championship rather to the 49ers.
0: Yeah. I, and, and okay, cool. Like they beat the Seahawks. Everybody, are you happy now? Like, they go to the NFC champ. You, oh, fraudulent thirteen and three. Okay, I, I do agree with points to that, but they went to the fucking championship game. They're one away from the Super Bowl. How fraudulent can you be? Like, I, oh, they got hot. What what part of them got hot? Like, I don't know. <laughs> Crazy shit to me to really to, to to follow that line. But all right, let's let's so bounce over. So we like both of these teams. But, yeah.
1: Before we move on, how do you feel? Does does the Vikings acquiring Yannick Ngakwe move the needle at all for you? Because he is an elite pass rusher. He's a young pass rusher, and they're adding him to this defense. Does that make any difference to you?
0: Uh, it does because they had a huge gaping hole at defensive end. So this gives the, uh, to, to a pass rusher. They desperately needed a pass rusher. They lost Griffin, uh, who still isn't signed, which is weird. But um, he they needed to pick that up. He needed to do, uh, they needed somebody, uh, and getting Yannick, um, you know, I I think Yannick's a great, great player. I don't think he super moves the needle for me in terms of, uh, he probably does give them one win, but I don't look at it as like, oh, now you've got one of the you know, uh, top guys. I don't know. I've always thought Yannick had great players around him that made him a little better. And we're going to see how he does kind of on his own because the Vikings don't have a whole lot to pair with him to come off the edge. And really their interior is going to struggle. So um, I'm interested to see what the Vikings can put together. I think it's a great trade uh, because they needed the piece. I just, I'm more interested to see how he does when he doesn't have all pros all around him. That's
1: fair. I'll, I'm interested to see what that Vikings defense looks like because yeah. if they can take a step forward, you know their offense with Dalvin Cook, with Adam Thielen, with Kirk Cousins, it, they should be able to put up enough points. Yep, it's going to be on the defense.
0: It it shouldn't be it shouldn't be struggling with the season. Uh, let's flip through. Uh, we'll briefly talk Raiders Panthers. Is kind of the ho hum crap game of the week. Uh, Ra- <laughs> yeah, Raiders Panthers. Here's the thing. I will say this. I believe the Raiders are going to be a good option in terms of week one FanDuel. Uh, you're looking for quick starts, cheap players. You're going to find them on the Raiders. They're going to play a very inexperienced Panthers team. This Panthers defense is very young. The Panthers offense, I, I don't think, is going to be very good. So you're going to get an opportunity for the Raiders to put up some points. Uh, I like the Raiders in this game. Uh, but you like
1: Henry Ruggs and FanDuel?
0: I like Henry Ruggs. You can get him cheap. I would more like uh, you know uh, Waller or Josh. Uh, Josh Jacobs is going to be uh, he's he's going to be a little more expensive. But I think those peep those guys just have a day. Same with the Panthers. I like think the Panthers could have some guys. I don't think they score more than twenty one points. Uh, but I think you could see. Uh, while they're only scoring 21 points, I think they're going to have a lot of yards. I just think their offense is going to struggle dramatically when you get down the red zone. They're going to become very one-trick pony. Uh, I think they're going to settle for field goals, but I think they're going to chunk up a lot of yards. So I think this is a good matchup for FanDuel prospects if you're looking for people that are cheap.
1: I don't have too much interest in this game. I can tell you that the only time that Raiders-Panthers will be on my TV is if I'm watching red zone and someone scores. Yeah, uh, I like the Raiders, though.
0: Another set of division matchups, the Jets and the Bills, the Dolphins and the Patriots. Uh, I hate the Bills. I hate the Bills at minus six and a half. Um, I like the Jets plus the six and a half, especially under 40 points, which is what Vegas is saying. Uh, So I don't really care about this game. I'm going to be honest. I would love for the Jets to win because that would make my... Bills bust season prediction go along so I'm gonna be consistent here I'm gonna call for an upset in week one the Jets to beat the Bills
1: you hate the Bills hate them you hate the B- we have so much tape now at this point across all these episodes of you hating the Bills. why do you hate them so much
0: I hate Josh Allen
1: <laughs> it's all Josh Allen it's all jo- it,
0: that, I lo- that's the
1: source of your hate
0: if they got rid of Josh Allen I'd jump on that bandwagon so quick
1: Okay, I can't argue against that. It's just funny. I don't hate the Bills as much as you do. I like the Bills in this game. I think that they should be able to handle the divisional matchup against the Jets. The Jets don't really have anything on offense that should scare the Bills, especially because the Bills are a solid defense. Uh, I like the Bills in this matchup. Minus six and a half. Yeah, I like the minus six and a half, actually, because I don't think that the Jets are going to score more than 14 points.
0: Fuck Josh Allen, fuck the Bills. Next game is the uh, Dolphins and the Patriots. Uh, This is my little upstart, Dolphins. I believe are one year away from being someone to contend with. Uh, But the last time these two teams faced, Ryan Fitzpatrick ran some Ryan Fitzmagic, and they beat the Patriots in what was essentially a much-needed win for the Patriots, knocking them out of the bye week and then having them eliminated the next week. Bye! you Tennessee Titans. So uh, this is a little bit of a revenge game. The Patriots are without a lot of their defensive captains. They just cut Muhammad Sanu. What a bad, bad, bad trade that was. I said it was a bad trade at that time. It looks even worse now. They just lit a second-round pick on fire. They just lit it on fire. Uh, you know, you basically, there was some connection where you said, for that second-round pick that you traded, that they traded to the uh, to the uh, Atlanta Falcons the Atlanta Falcons turned around and handed that to Baltimore for Hayden Hurst and a 5th round pick and the Ravens took the 5th round pick and went and got Calais Campbell and they took the 2nd round pick and got J.K. Dobbins so in that whole scenario the Patriots lost the 2nd round pick, got nothing for it the uh, Atlanta Falcons got Hayden Hurst and the Ravens got J.K. Dobbins and Calais Campbell that's how good teams do the business
1: do you think that that deal for Mohamed Sanu was more Tom Brady going, "Hey, yes, like I need some fucking help over here. Yes, like, what's that pick gonna do for me?"
0: Right. No, it entirely was, and you know what? That's what's alarming to me about the Patriots this year. Uh, who is Cam Newton throwing the ball to? Edelman and a bunch of guys. Right. Uh, just a just another guy. They're calling him Jags. Just another guy. Uh, <clears throat> I think that offense is going to struggle. I think I think that team's going to struggle. Um, I think the plus six for the Dolphins is intriguing. Uh, but if the Patriots are ready, it'll be week one. That, that's that's one thing they'll definitely... Make. I think this is a good matchup. I'm not going to bet on it. It's a stay away for me. Uh, but if I had to... I if, Actually, if, if there's something about it I like, um, over 43, 23-21 is a winner. That's a low-scoring game in the NFL. I kind of like that. So... If I was looking somewhere, that's that's probably where I'd turn.
1: I'm interested in this matchup just to see what the Patriots look like with this new offense. Yeah. I'm going to make the assumption that they're going to be running some different stuff than when they had Tom Brady back there now that they have Cam. Yep. I'm interested in seeing Sonny Michel, how he looks with a, a quarterback that's a threat to run the ball. I'm wondering if that opens up some more space for him. Uh, I, like you said, I'm not betting on this game either. This is one that I just kind of want to watch and see what happens. But I'm interested in the Patriots this year. I'm keeping an eye on them. I want to see what Cam Newton looks like with Josh McDaniels.
0: Yep. Uh, The next next game on the docket, the Battle of the Birds, the Seattle Seahawks and the Atlanta Falcons square off. Uh, This is, I really think this is going to be a fucking gunfight. Uh, The Atlanta Falcons have this, I, I get a feeling from them that they're ready to shoot it out in the OK Corral. And I think that Seattle has the same horses. This is a game I love To I love for this final score to be 27-35. Um, I, uh, the Falcons are getting a point and a half. I think that's fair. Um, I really like the over in this. Seattle and Atlanta, will they let Russ cook? They're probably going to have to because the Seahawks' secondary isn't great, and they lost Clowney, which we'll get to your Titans and him in a minute, uh, but I, I, I really, really think this is going to be a barn burner. I think Seattle's struggles this year are going to come on defense, and because of that, they're actually going to have to let Russell Wilson play football, and if Russell Wilson gets to play football, he's pretty fucking good, so I think the over in this game is where I'm looking.
1: I think that we can make that a podcast luck that might be our first podcast lock of the season but that forty-eight and a half, and a half i love it because you know atlanta's coming to play and i'm gonna assume that the seahawks are as well i expect it to be a shootout because i don't expect atlanta to play much defense and i'm not a huge believer in the seahawks defense like you said forty-eight and a half and a half sounds good to me lock that in
0: lock it in so we we agree on that uh as we head towards the back half of the Sunday slate, uh, Colts and Jaguars, you're interested in this. Uh, this is a division game for you. What are you looking for?
1: I'm looking to see what Phillip Rivers looks like in in the Colts uniform behind that offensive line. Uh, we've seen the last couple of years with the Chargers, it hasn't looked that good, at least from my perspective, it hasn't looked that good. And I'm not sure if that's more on the Chargers or if that's more on Phillip Rivers being cooked. So I think we're going to find out early because this Jags team is rebuilding. If they come out and give Indy a fight, that probably isn't a good thing for Philip Rivers uh, and his future in, in Indy. Uh, so that's really what I'm looking at. I want to see the quarterbacks in this matchup. I want to see if Gardner Minshew's taking a step forward. I want to see if Philip Rivers is still alive, honestly, because he looked like a corpse last year.
0: Yeah, and the Jaguars, this is interesting. They just let Fournette go. I'm not sure what their offensive identity is, Uh I,
1: it's throw the ball to DJ Chark. Yep,
0: yeah, and it's John Jay Gruden. He loves to throw the ball around. So I think you're going to get a lot of slinging. Uh, I, I don't think that the Jaguars' defense has many pieces left. Uh, I think this is a shredded team, and the Colts should handle this game. I think the Colts should handle this game. And if they don't run away with it, that's, a, that's red flags all up and down the board for me. This is the perfect moment. You're, you're catching the Jaguars. They've, in the last month, they've let their... Best defensive player go. So, I mean, really, when you look at the totality, they trade away both corners. From the start of last year to this year, The J. Bouye has gone. Jalen Ramsey's gone. Yannick Ngakwe's gone. Leonard Frenette is gone. That's three of your top six talents? They ain't top good. I forget
1: his name, but their starting, <clears throat> starting strong safety is also gone. So uh, I don't I don't remember his name, but he's
0: out of there. <laughs> it's just it's if you don't whip up on them in this game, I like get it, it's a division game. <sighs> Colts fans, you're probably going to be really fucking disappointed. So I expect the Colts to beat up on them.
1: Uh, as much as I don't like the Jags, I don't know how much I like Indy favored by eight either. Yeah, that I, that might be an interesting one
0: for me a, personally. It's I'm, a it's a weird like thing. Plus eight. Yeah, I'm going to stay away from it, but I'm going to watch it intently because the Colts should just beat the hell out of them. Um, but yeah. but that's, you know, ifs and whats, you know? So uh, another team that's kind of rebuilding the Washington football team uh, is taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, pfft.
1: I'm expecting them to get blown out of the water. I'm not even going to lie to you. I don't like Washington at all this year. I think that they're going to be one of the frontrunners to have that number one pick. I, I don't like them. And I think that the Eagles win this one big. I don't care that it's a divisional matchup. I don't care that half the Eagles' offensive weapons are injured right now on the yeah. sideline. I think the Eagles win by double digits.
0: I think the thing to look for in this game, it, it really comes down to this. The Reds, Redskins, Whoo. Uh, the Washington football team, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, they're going to have a top five defensive front in the NFL this year. It's going to be nasty. Nasty shit. They add Chase Young to a really good front of young players. They have Kerrigan, who always gets his 10 to 11 sacks every year, too, and no one really brings him up. Chase Young is going to make that front four ferocious. And I really worry about the Eagles have no left tackle. No, now they have Jason Peters who's going to play right tackle. But you lose your left tackle, you lose your right tackle. That sucks. And you're going to play a really, really good defensive line. That defensive line of the right, uh, Washington could really screw the Eagles up. They could really screw them up. I'm, I'm telling you to be careful of that. Uh, I think the Eagles should mollywop them as well, but the Eagles' line struggled against the Washington line last year twice, and it got the Eagles in trouble twice against them. I I think that the, the, the Washington line has gotten even better. Their back end sucks. Their offense really isn't good either. Again, just cutting AP. They lose Darius Geis. I'm not really sure whether they're going with Gibson so I don't really know that the off Ron Rivera is battling cancer. That takes that takes you away from the sport. Let's you know, let's be honest. So Prayers out to Ron Rivera. Yeah, and and I've really shitty for him. That's a shitty situation. But the thing I'm worried about in this game is can the Washington uh defensive front hold this game themselves? Um they shouldn't be able to, but it's there. They did it twice last year and they got better and the Eagles line has gotten worse. So just something to keep an eye out on.
1: So, is this a stay away for you? You don't want to bet it's anything on this? It's a stay away.
0: I'm going to watch it and go, phew. I mean, they could harass Carson Wentz all day. Now, I, I just, and, and Terry McLaurin could get, he could get two touchdowns. Like, this could be a 17 to 23 points for Washington and the Eagles struggle and have to throw the ball a lot late because they can't beat that front line. And, and that's going to screw them up the entire day. So I, I'm, I'm a stay away on this game. I'm a stay away. My
1: thing with Washington is just that it's Dwayne Haskins. Like, yeah. I don't want to shit on Dwayne Haskins because he's only played a yep. season, not even a full season. You know, Maybe he comes out this season and he's improved and he does his thing. He can move the offense. But when I saw him last year, it looked like a shit show. So until I see it not look like a shit show, I'm just not on board. But I hope he succeeds. Yep. I hope he comes out here this season and proves me wrong. But until I see it, I can't roll with
0: it. I agree. I I, I didn't see it either, and that's why I'm just staying away to give it a little time. Uh, the last 1 o'clock game is the Ravens and the uh, Browns. Uh, this is a division game. It's going to be tough. I, it's going to be a tough game. Uh, the Ravens are favored by, like, 9 right now. That's just too many for a division game against, uh, in, in my opinion, start off the year. Cleveland's best shot is going to be right at the beginning of the year before everyone figures out what they're doing with Baker and that offense. You have to hide Baker a little bit. If Lamar comes out and shows us a, a – a, he, if he made an additional leap throwing, it's over. It might be over for the league because you will have the best athlete now, fully reading defenses fully anticipating throws he led the league in passing touchdowns last year i'm expecting him to make another jump but uh it is a division game the browns are loaded with talent and uh you know in in this kind of division and this kind of rivalry it's tough to spot anyone nine points so um i'm 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 probably gonna end up taking the browns plus the points but uh it is it is a early big game i think it means more for cleveland than it does uh, the ravens but you know we'll see how it goes
1: well cleveland we do this every year and yep. i'm not doing it this year <laughs> last year we were excited in the offseason. season we said oh baker we got odell we got jarvis yeah. it's going to be great we got kareem you know we did that last year and week 1 they came in and got slapped by the titans Meanwhile, the Ravens slap Miami to start off the year. Yeah. So I'm more interested to see if that holds form. You know, I want to see if these teams are going to start off the same way they started off last year, because the Browns, it's a perpetual hype machine. Every offseason yep. we do this, and every offseason they disappoint us to start the season, and then they kind of even the ship as the season goes. So I, I want to know if this is going to be a continuation of that. I like Baltimore. I don't know if I like them with the points. You don't like them with the points, and you love the Ravens, so you give me uh, some reason to pause there.
0: Yeah, and that's, I always, with the Ravens, I, I struggle betting with my heart and my head so that's why i normally stay away or i hedge the other way uh we flip into the four o'clock sleep on sunday with an absolute turd sandwich the la chargers face the bangles this is the <laughs> joe burrow bowl um
1: that's all i'm interested in here i just want that's to see it. joe burrow
0: i i don't think i don't even want to spend more time on this i hate the chargers this year i think they're going to be bad i think the Bengals are going to be bad Bengals are getting three points over 43. Uh, Chargers just lost their safety for the year. They have Tyrod Taylor starting. All right, done. Uh, Four twenty-five. 25 uh, another game, the Cardinals and the San Francisco 49ers. Um, this is I a am actually interested in this one. No, this is great. I think the rest of the 4 o'clock games, I love that they hid the uh, Chargers and Bengals at 4 o'clock because the other 4 o'clock games are going to get all the attention. First, pause. Fuck you, NFL. Fuck you hard. Fuck you long. Fuck you sideways. You rolled three fucking games at 4 o'clock, that's it. You rolled ten games at 1 p.m. and you rolled three at 4 to open your weekend. Who the fuck's making your schedule? Go fuck yourself. Go fucking fuck yourself. I cannot fucking believe you give us only three games at 4 o'clock. You've got to be fucking shitting me. You couldn't move even Jets, Bills back like Dolphins, Patriots. You have all these division games playing each other at 1 o'clock. You couldn't spread them out a little fucking bit. We get Bears, Lions, Packers, Vikings all at one. You can't give that division half and half like I wouldn't tune in just to see who might take first place. I mean, go fuck yourself. Jets, Bills, Patriots, Dolphins there at 1 o'clock, 2? You can't push one of them back? No, you gotta put a turd in there of the Chargers and the Bengals, which I have no fucking interest in. And then you're gonna run two games, which are really compelling, but I'd like to get some other filler in there. And the the Jets, uh, Jets, Bills will be a perfect filler to push back or Dolphins, Patriots. So, uh, I get Cardinals and 49ers, and and I I go, this is a good chance for Kyler Murray and this new offense to really show itself. I think the story of this game, there's no over on this line right now that I can see from the betting page I'm at, which is weird. Uh, but On ESPN,
1: I have the over-under listed at 47.
0: 47. 47? 47. Are you serious?
1: Yes. Yes, that's so what the... I see here.
0: What? That's a steal. And
1: you're talking Cardinals 49ers, correct? Yeah. Yeah, 47.
0: Here's a Cardinal rule. If the over-under in the 49ers game is less than their name, take the over. (laughs) I like that. So, run that. I'll take the over. I think the Cardinals are going to have a good offense and a poopy defense. I think the 49ers are going to be good pretty much all the way around. So, the Cardinals, the 49ers are minus 7 with an over-under at 47. I'll tell you what I really like in this. You could tease the Niners down to minus 1 and then go over 41. That sounds like, and if you like the Cardinals, go Cardinals plus 13 over 41. That's what I like. So I don't get why that's 47. But uh, me, this is a story of Kyler Murray and Jimmy Garoppolo. Does Jimmy Garoppolo take another leap? Does Kyler Murray take another leap? That's to me where this whole comes down to. What are you looking for?
1: I'm very interested in this game for the same reasons. Last season, if you check the stats, Kyler Murray had two pretty decent games against the 49ers. He didn't back down when San Francisco came through. So I want to see a continuation of that this year. I want to see him string together a third straight game against the division champs and, and look good doing it. And that would give me some confidence for the rest of the season for the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals have some wild card potential. I think the defense... There's room for improvement, obviously. I want to see if it actually happens. But this is all about Kyler Murray for me. I want to see if he takes that step forward in game one of his second season and really shows the 49ers that he's here. Uh, He did it last year in his rookie year, so I expect him to do it again this year. I don't know if i like them to win, uh, but I do like the over-under. Like you were saying, 47 seems low for these two teams that like to score the ball.
0: Yeah, Uh, and and on the other side of town at the 4 o'clock game, I really think this is the marquee Sunday game. I don't get. I I know what you did NFL at putting the Cowboys Rams in a Sunday slot, but the Buccaneers but Saints and Saints should have been it. You've lost your fucking 100%. mind. We get 100%. Tom Brady and Drew Brees, and the first opportunity to get Tom Brady and Drew Brees. It's not national television. I mean, again, hey, go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself with the way you set this up with no two Thursday games. Oh, we want everyone focused on this game. Well, go fuck yourself. I want to watch some other football too. Uh, Cardinals 49ers, great game. Bucs Saints, way better game. Uh, the Saints are giving up three and a half. Give me the hook. I like the Buccaneers plus three and a half. How do you feel?
1: I also like the Buccaneers to win this game, so I like them plus anything. I think that the Buccaneers are going to come out trying to prove a point. I think Tom Brady is going to be on a mission this year. And if that is true, then we're going to see it from the jump. Because I don't think that, you know, these two teams, they have a history of playing shootouts against each other. Pretty much every Bucs-Saints game is just back and forth scorefest. So that over under a 49 that they have for the game might be worth looking at as well. But I like the Bucs in this game. I like Tom Brady to come out and hit Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin for a couple touchdowns. Gronk will be involved at some point and and I like it to be a shootout and I wish that this game was the Sunday night game because I'm much more interested in seeing what happens between Breeze and Brady than I am Dak and Jared Goff like I I don't care really what happens in that Cowboys Rams game this this Bucks Saints game should be the primetime game You're 100% correct about
0: that. Yeah, I'm excited. I give get
1: two shits about this Cowboys-Rams game, if I'm being
0: real. Yeah, and let's just get to it. I don't really know what else I can say about the Saints-Bucks because it's just obvious what that game is. Uh, And the Cowboys, I expect the Cowboys to paddle the ever-loving Christ out of the Rams. Um, I I don't see where the Rams are a potential comeback candidate this year. I don't think they've added a lot of talent. Uh, They've lost some talent. Their their defense is going to be better. Uh, it's just, I, when you have Donald and you have Ramsey, you get to do a lot of things. Uh, I think the Cowboys though, with an actual head coach, and again, this goes with the narrative, right? When I was sitting there saying that the NFL has a ton of Cowboy fans that are hiding and they're still everywhere. Cowboy fans are still everywhere, but there are a ton that are hiding. This goes to show you the power of that movement. They get the Sunday game, not the Buccaneer Saints. No, no, no. It goes to the Dallas Cowboys. Okay? We know why. And now they give them the Rams because they're trying to boost that LA market. But man, the Cowboys, this is that market we're talking about. This whoever, whoever If they win this game and Zeke Elliott is 200 yards, Elliott, I saw you can get Zeke Elliott at 100 to 1 some places. You can get Zeke Elliott at 101, he can have 200 yards in this game, he can have 180. And he'll, odds will go from 100, same thing that happened to Lamar. Lamar went from 100 before week one down to 20 in week one. That's what you're going to see here with Zeke. You're going to see a 5-1 to one drop immediately. If they win, he'll drop. If they win, he will drop. And then you can sell that ticket for money. They're going to win game one, opening day. They're going to whip the Rams in their new stadium. And that's going to be the end of the ball game. So I like the the Cowboys to walk over the Rams. Cowboys minus three. I love it.
1: Is that another podcast lock? Lock. I like the Cowboys <sighs> minus three as well.
0: Lock it in. Fuck everyone. Lock
1: it in. Okay, I like it. We got two locks.
0: Lock it in. And yeah,
1: I feel the same way as you. With the Cowboys and Rams, I, I'm really only interested to see, one, if the Rams can bounce back in any type of way from last season but mainly I'm really here to see if Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott and Amari Cooper Michael Gallup C.D. Lamb like I want to see if this offense is as advertised and that would be the only reason that I'll even turn this game on other than the fact that it's the Sunday night Sunday night game Fuck you, NFL. Stop trying to force me to watch the Cowboys.
0: Fuck you again for... Oh, speaking of uh, the marketing department deciding what games are being played, the first Monday night game is between two teams that didn't make the playoffs. The Pittsburgh Steelers take on the New York Football Giants in a game of who gives a fuck.
1: <laughs> the Steelers are gonna slap the shit out of the Giants. At least that's what I expect. I expect, I expect that too. Big Ben to come out firing. Yep. I, I like Big Ben this season in a big way. Yep, I like the Steelers. I don't Steelers. know if I should after Tommy John surgery, but I still like him.
0: I like Big Ben to be better than Duck Hodges, and that's all you need. So I think the Steelers should beat up on the Giants. I gotta tell you though, I fucking hate. You know, I fucking hate this being the marquee game um, because it's a seven ten time slot. Uh, there is another Monday night game, which we'll get to in a second, that holds your favorite team. Uh, but I want to stop. I think that Ben is going to have a good year. His 37 coming off of non-contact arm surgery. He was prone to make mistakes before this. Uh, they, We don't have any surefire thing on the Steelers offensively. Let's make that clear. Juju is a good weapon. He's not your number one. You're missing a number one. You have a bunch of question marks. How does Ebron look in the offense? Does James Conner stay healthy? Uh, Anthony McFarlane, the backup, what's he going to be able to do? Uh, who breaks out on the wide receivers between you know just James Washington, Chase Claypool? Uh, there's another guy, Deontay Johnson, maybe? Deontay Johnson, yeah. Uh, so we don't know what we the really the Steelers have a ton of unknowns on offense. The defense is going to be really good and it's going to give the Giants problems all day. Uh Joe Judges is a good chance for him. Look, I nothing would make me happier than the Giants beating the Steelers. Um because I'm a Raven fan, but I just—it's tough for me to see that. I like the Steelers to win. I don't know about the six. I'm going to be honest with you. I am suspect on how the Steelers' offense gets going. Um, I'll probably come around on that and end up loving the six. Right now, I'm going to just—I'm going to hold a little bit out till till game time uh, and see how my other predictions do on Sunday. Right now, I'm leaning Steelers minus six.
1: See, I don't disagree with you when you say that the Steelers have a bunch of question marks on the offensive side of the ball. The part that I am a little more hesitant, I guess, than you to rule them out is just I think that all those questions get answered if Ben is right. Yeah. If Ben is right, I don't think we have any issues with the receivers. If Ben is right, I think James Conner will be fine. If Ben is right, that offense is suddenly good again. You know, because last year they were a shit show. Yeah. So in that game, I'm looking to look, I want to see Ben's arm. That's all I'm looking at in that game. I want to see can Ben push the ball down the field? Can Ben get the ball where he wants to the same way that he did pre-injury? If the answer is yes, I think the Steelers are going to be a playoff team this year. Yeah, I think that the offense will work itself out. It all lies on the arm of Ben, and I, that'll be the reason why I turn this game on.
0: I'm in alignment with you. That's what I'm looking for. Now, this is something I'm. I, I the last game of the night is a 10-20 game. Between the Tennessee Titans and the Denver Broncos. I really feel like they tucked this game away and hit it. I don't get it. I don't get the time slot for these teams. It's not like these are West Coast teams. These are East Coast. uh, Broncos aren't, but the Tennessee Titans are the East Coast team. Why isn't this game Cardinals 49ers? (laughs) That should be the 10 o'clock game. But let's talk about it. Jadavian Clowney signs to Tennessee, the last bit of news. Uh, this really does bolster what the Titans want to do up front. It makes them big, it makes them versatile. My only problem with Jadavian Clowney is he can take plays off and that can kill you, and that's why he didn't get the contract he expected. But you got to be excited. Walk me through your new-looking Tennessee Titans.
1: I'm excited as hell, man, because Jadavian Clowney's best season to date was under Mike Rabel in Houston. Now he's reuniting with Rabel in Tennessee. The Titans really needed some kind of help rushing the passer. I know that Clowney's not your traditional edge guy, where you just kind of line him up outside and and hope that he gets ten sacks, you know. But I think that I think that this is a big addition to the defense. They needed someone who's going to help attract attention so that guys like Harold Landry can can get open, get some one on ones, and get to the quarterback. The only flaw that I thought that the Titans had going into this season was that they didn't have a reliable way to get to the passer. I think that having Jadeveon Clowney gives them a reliable way to get to the passer. He's been one of the top guys in pressures since he entered the league. I know that the sack numbers don't always bear that out, but I don't need him to get 10, 15 sacks. I need him to attract double teams so that guys like Jeffrey Simmons, guys like, uh, like, like Correa, guys like harold landry so they are free on one-on-ones to go ahead and get to the quarterback i think it's a huge addition it should help the secondary it should help the linebackers it should help the entire defense that was the biggest hole that the titans needed to plug and they plugged it with one week to go before the season they had me nervous Jarrell casey they they gave to the broncos pretty much for free they traded him for a seventh round pick who ended up getting cut even started Yep. so i left a bad taste in my mouth because that was the area where we needed help but help has arrived i feel great about going into this season at this point i don't think that the the titans have a weakness
0: your weakness is your quarterback i got i got news for you again uh i told you if this
1: Samuel isn't what he was last year then you're right but <laughs> if he can give us 80 percent of what we got from him last year i think we're good
0: yeah, I think your problem for this year is going to be the same thing that, you know, last year I told you, you wouldn't go anywhere with Mariota. Um, I remember us going back and forth on that. Uh, and look, it worked out for you. I think that there's no magic answer for Tannehill. I think Tannehill is a good, I, think, I look at Tannehill like Alex Smith. I think he puts, a, I think he raises your floor, but puts a limit on your ceiling. Uh, luckily, they have good pieces around him to rely on. I think the Jadavian Clowney signing does put them into another category. This one moves the line for me more than all the others. This was a glaring weakness on a team that needed it badly when everything else they done was to get better, except in this one spot, and they go ahead and do it. They are playing my little babies, uh, my Denver Broncos, um, and I really, you know, it's a pick em game. So I think that's fucking nuts. I love the Titans minus one against the Denver Broncos. I think the Broncos are going to be a good team this year, nine wins. If you if the Broncos start out by beating the Titans, I'm going to say this: my boldest prediction I have for the NFL season, boldest, boldest, out on a limb, holding you know holding onto a branch is that the Denver Broncos win that division. That's my biggest, boldest, biggest upside move that the Denver Broncos win that division. And the way that happens, they that's start very bold. and they extremely bold. Start out week one by beating the Titans is how you'd have to get on that train. Um, I just don't know if that's possible. Uh, you did do a lot of upgrades. The Titans are a good; they are a good team. I know a lot of people are. Vegas is down to the Titans and the Broncos this year. I'm not on that train at all. I like both these teams to be good. I'm not getting hyped up by the glitz and the glam and the other teams. I like the lunch-pail attitude. I like what the Broncos did in the offseason. I love what the Titans did in the offseason. Uh, Landon Clonin. Give me the Titans minus one um, uh, just because I think that one's going to be a little hot. Here's another thing. The over-under of that game is 41. 21-17. I just don't see that. These teams have too much offense. These teams actually have too much offense. Weird to say, but... I think they've, they've got enough going that, that 21-20 is not what this... They actually do believe this game will be 21-20. Whoever you think's going to win, Titans or Broncos, twenty one twenty 20 over is 41. Um, I, I don't see it that way. I think this is more of a 27-25 score game. So I like the Titans minus one, but I love the over at 41.
1: Yeah, I I think I like the Titans in this game. That might be my bias showing. But I think the Broncos have injuries on their offensive line going into week one. I believe that their center, uh, Graham Glasgow, I I think I'm saying that right, he's got an injury. He's questionable for week one. If their offensive line isn't cohesive going into that game, I think that the Titans could cause a lot of trouble for Drew Locke and not give him time to to hit Noah Fan, Jerry Judy, and Cortland Sutton and these new weapons that he has you can't hit those weapons if you're running for your life so uh, I'm interested to see one if their offensive line is healthy going into the week but I like the Titans regardless uh the Titans lost to them last year in in a game where Mariota was absolute asshole yeah so uh, I want to see what it looks like with Tannehill here I like the Titans and just one more thing on the Titans adding Clowney at last season the Their season ended because, you know, they get out to a lead in the AFC championship against Mahomes, but then they can't hit Mahomes. Mahomes has all day back there to just pick apart the defense, and that's exactly what he did. The Chiefs come back. They go to the Super Bowl. They win the Super Bowl. If the Titans have just a little more juice in that pass rush, I think that they could have been the winner there, and they could have ended up in the Super Bowl. So I think that this this signing has the potential to be a huge impact signing, huge impact, especially playing for money. It's not like you gave Jadavion Clowney security. He's playing for his next contract. I expect him to come out playing.
0: Yeah, I mean, he will come out playing. I think this is a good game for uh, the Titans to win. Titans minus one. The Broncos, like I said, that offensive line was one of my big question marks. They did, they did clear it up, but injuries to it will set it back. That's my biggest thing with the Broncos. They have all the pieces. I think they've got the right coaches. I think they've got the right defensive pieces. They've got the right offensive pieces. I really need to see, though, uh, that offensive line sure itself up. So, any.
1: Right. I, I would love to see Jeffrey Simmons and, and Jadavion Clowney and these boys really wreck that line to start the season. That, that's where the Titans could take control of that game and force Drew Locke to throw. You know, I don't want to see I, I'm hoping that I'm not seeing Philip Lindsay and Melvin Gordon both carrying the ball, you know, 16, 17 times. I'm really hoping that that's not the case, because if that is the case, the game is a little closer than I expected it to be.
0: And I, I think that um, I, I, I just think the Titans are going to scare a lot of people. I think that the way they play football is going to lean itself to closer games. How's your field goal kicker?
1: They actually just signed Steven Goskowski, the yeah. former former Patriot kicker. Yep. Yeah. So now I'm feeling good about the kicking situation. Yeah. If you would have asked me about two weeks ago, our kicking situation was terrible last year. I'm yeah. pretty sure that there, our field goal kickers went like 8 for 18, or if that's not the, the exact number, it was something bad that's was, close to that. I
0: was going to say uh, you sign him, uh, he's been injured a little bit, so we're going to have to keep an eye on that. You, you know what I
1: don't understand is that we had a shit show at kicker last year in Tennessee, and the Bucks seem to be picking up all of the Titans' former kickers. They picked up Ryan Suckup. They picked up Greg Joseph. Like We struggled last year because those were our kickers, and yeah. the Bucks seem to be happy rolling with them.
0: For whatever reason, they can't find 32 kickers in the NFL. I don't fucking get it. Uh, but I would say that that is a big problem for teams. If you can't kick field goals, you are leaving points out there. If you leave points out there, you lose games. Uh, it could cost the Buccaneers down the stretch. Um, if the Titans take an injury, it could be costly for them too, especially the way the Titans like to play. Um, that field goal kicker has been a mainstay in Tennessee for years in terms of how you all use him. Uh, now that's going to change with Mariota leaving finally, uh, but a kicker is not a position that you can just overlook. That's how you miss an extra point and you find yourself down 7-6. to six. Uh, so, uh, I'm glad that the Titans, like, like we said, had a lot of question marks last two weeks have shored them up. Any parting thoughts before we get out of here?
1: I'm just really excited for the season to start, man. If, between fantasy football, between betting, between just doing this podcast, I am fucking hyped to hype. have football back. Hype, I'm hype, so
0: hyped. hey, I'm so hyped. Hype, 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 hype,
1: especially, we got NBA playoffs going still. We're going to have the NFL rolling. uh, What a great time of year, man. What a great time.
0: It is a phenomenal time. I want to do a real quick recap with everybody where we're at. Uh, I think I gave out just a quick some baseball notes. I've stopped really gambling on baseball day to day. I've turned my attention to the NFL. You just can't be spread out everywhere and expect to be good. Uh, I just don't. You know That's just the way it is. You have to know things. You can't just guess. But I want to say that I had given out. A preseason World Series winner. And I had said it would be the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, you could get them at 25 to 1. The Tampa Bay Rays, right now, have the best record in baseball 28 and 13. 28 and 13.
1: I'm not going to lie when you told, when you named them as your favorite to win on our podcast, I thought you were crazy. Yep. But I don't follow baseball like that anymore. So continue.
0: Yeah, the two teams that I uh, that I that I said had I think had the best chance. Oh, actually I'm wrong. They no longer have the best record. It's the other team I said to bet on, the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Dodgers are 30 and 12. The Tampa Bay is 28 and 13. So the two teams that I said to put money on for the World Series Right now, a little over halfway, halfway uh, more than halfway, eighty percent, sixty percent of the way there, seventy percent of the way there. Both of those teams are the two best records in baseball. So not bad. Uh, obviously, the playoffs are going to determine a lot, but so far we're on the right trajectory. I think you could get the Dodgers at eight to one. You could get. Uh, the Rays at 25-1. to 1. It's going to be a good payout if one of them make it. Hey, they both could get in, and then you're just swimming in cash. So let's hope that closes. NFL's coming up. I'm going to tweet out my picks, uh, my season-long bets. I'll be using the uh, podcast Twitter to call them out. Uh, we will be doing every week. We will be having our, our joint pod picks come out of that. So take a look. If we both like the game, we've been hot so far. Uh, but when NFL pops up, it's going to be in fuego. So... You can find me, Pick and Play 37, on Twitter. You can find Leo, Pick and Scroll. Uh, you can find us at the Pick and Play Podcast. Rate, subscribe, review, reach out to us, ask us questions. We'll interact with you. We're here to help you with your fantasy teams, uh, your NBA, your NFL. That's what we specialize in. So go ahead, reach out, give us a ring. And as always, stay safe. Thanks for tuning in.